Hi there, and welcome to Coffee with Phil, where our goal is to help you live a life of purpose on purpose. Walking with God sounds easy, but how many of you know it never follows the scripture prepared? In this podcast, Phil shares stories from his personal journey in the hopes that his experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly, will help you as you walk with God on your own journey. Grab your coffee and enjoy this practical and personal episode with your podcast host, Phil Strong. Well, g'day and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Coffee with Phil. And it's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, enjoying a very, very nice coffee this morning. Second one of the morning, to be honest. Uh, the beans are fresh. The coffee is good. So life uh, is able to function according to my world. Hey, I want to uh, thank you for joining me today. I want to thank you for being part of the podcast community. And I want to thank you for helping by spreading the good news and sharing these episodes. If you could do me a favor and jump on your social and share one of the podcasts, that would be fantastic. Uh, the easiest thing to do is just to click the episode, click the share button on Spotify or Apple or Google and share it to your social. That'd be great. And uh, But tell people why you like it, you know, uh, that'd be interesting. Um, anyway, today I want to talk about something that is uh, fresh and raw and real for me. And the heading of today's podcast is Put Aside selfishness. Put aside selfishness, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that by telling you a story about something that happened to me just this week. Um, As an introduction, though, I would say that we live in a tough world. We live in a world that beats us up, it batters us, it uh, buffets us, the storms come, we have to climb hills, we have to walk through valleys, we have to fight things opposing us. Sometimes that looks like people. Uh, But look, our natural instinct is to protect ourselves. We have got this thing built into our brain, the creator of heaven and earth who created all uh, of the intricacies of the human body, mind, and emotion, put a part uh, in our brain that's called the reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain is right in the center of the brain. in the amygdala, and it, it, it's something that bypasses logic and causes us to react. And it, you might have heard it mentioned before uh, as uh, a natural tendency to fight or flight. Fight or flight. So when, when the body, body is, is flooded with adrenaline due to uh, circumstances, uh, our body reacts in a way that causes our brain to react with either fight or flight. And so um, for those of you that are part of my church family, you'll have heard me speak about this previously with emotions. Uh, but, you know, um, this was really handy when we were cavemen and women and the saber-toothed tiger turned up, wanted to eat our children. Uh, our brain was flooded with that adrenaline that caused our, our body to respond to our brain with fight or flight. Uh, now that we live in this world that uh, is um, modern and easy, and most of you listening to this will be living in the top 5% of affluence in the world because you can afford three meals a day. Um, <laughs> our body gets flooded with adrenaline when our comfort gets threatened. And the reptilian brain drives us to either fight or flight. And what I would propose to you right now in this podcast is that often comes out in selfishness, a defense mechanism that kicks in 
is driven by selfishness. Now, that's whether we fight or whether we flight. I'm proposing to you, I'm confessing to you, that this comes out in selfishness. And so I want to tell you a story that's happened this week as a way to explain that. And uh, then I want to talk about, you know, do we want to face our selfishness? Is there a chance we're not trusting God? And then some keys on how we might put aside our selfishness. So let me tell you a story. So just this week, uh, I had a meeting with an organization called Christian Savings. They're a New Zealand-based organization that lend money to charities. Mostly that looks like charitable groups in the community or churches that are looking to extend their mission through building. So just think they're like a bank. They also take deposits, which is how they operate. And um, and so we've as a as a church, we've got a relationship with Christian Savings, multiple different of ways. And we had a meeting this week where we were discussing local projects. And uh, so I was in a meeting with the CEO of Christian Savings and the CFO of uh, another charitable organization we're working with and myself, and we were just talking about how we want to work together to fund the mission and extend what we're doing. And look, and in the course of that conversation, one of the projects that was brought up uh, by Christian Savings, and, and I'm mentioning this because it's a work in progress, it's not something uh, that you could access necessarily without contacting them, but it's a project where they're looking to extend borrowing for church employees or, or um, church servants, could be paid or unpaid, uh, includes ministers, includes like youth pastors or administrative staff, and they're looking to offer friendly borrowing terms to help church people uh, get into property and 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 have a, have a home. Now, I I must say this is where this is where my selfishness kicked in. I was like, hey, that's me, that's me. Um, I I could be uh someone that could be helped by this. You know, uh, Kathy and I have borrowings and the interest rates are crippling, and it would be really nice to have some relief so that we weren't so stretched in these economic times. Cost of living has increased. I just put some gas in my car and it uh, had to chop off uh, one of my arms to pay for it. You know, it's a joke. But the point is, I'm looking at this going, this is all about me. And so in part of the follow-up email conversation that I had with Dan, the CEO of Christian Savings, I, I put in the end of the email, I said, hey, look, I was really interested and excited to hear about your new product that you're looking to test in the market. And by the way, uh, I think I'm, I'm one of those guys that could, could be eligible. And is there any way that we could look into that? And he sent me an email this morning. Uh, and he said, hey, thanks for your inquiry. Yes, we're looking into it. We're still testing it. But we're really looking to start by helping people who don't currently own a home. And in that moment, I confess to you, friends, that I was uh, stopped in my tracks. It's a game changer kind of moment for me because I suddenly was faced with my own selfishness. Now, now Dan didn't imply that. He didn't say that. Uh, he was very accurate in what he was saying. But I suddenly realized in the face of that email conversation that I had put my needs above others. In fact, you know, we already own a home. In fact, we own two homes and we're doing, we're doing okay. And, and life's not easy. Life's not comfortable. But certainly we're not struggling with the, with the goal to own 
our first home. And I suddenly realized that the whole point of this product was to actually be friendly toward those who have not had the opportunity to buy a house. And in that, I saw my own ugly selfishness in self-promotion and trying to make my life easy. And I'm confessing to this because I think I do this all the time. And I wonder if you do it all the time. And, and so that's the whole point of this conversation is to is for me to confess some stuff and go look I'm trying to get, I'm trying to put aside my selfishness I, I wonder if you're going to try also and, and in that moment I I I was I must admit I was sitting down with my morning coffee it was delish because as I said the beans are fresh the coffee's good and I'm like do I really want to face this is this is this a piece of the ugly that I want to bring out onto the table and then I had to ask myself is this a piece of my ugly that I'm prepared to share on the podcast? And I just felt the Holy Spirit remind me that that's the whole point, that we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that today I'm bringing ugly to the table. So I have to ask myself, am I willing to face my selfishness? And in that, I'm digging a little deeper today, and I'm saying, what's driving my need to preserve self? You know, the reptilian brain kicks in, fight or flight defense mechanisms i'm trying to selfishness comes when we try to preserve ourselves and in that i've got a whole lot of contemplation to do so as i sat there with my morning coffee this morning i was I was thinking what is revealed when i face the weakness or the exposed need that i have you know because the reptilian brain is really responding to an exposed Need or fear or 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 a threat, uh, and threat comes through weakness. You're facing a saber-toothed tiger, an animal that's much stronger and quicker, and uh, got sharp teeth, and and you're just this puny little white boy. I'm talking about myself here, and so when I face that, my weakness is revealed, and so what's underneath that, and so when I see selfishness exposed in my own motive and my own behaviour and me trying to reach out to someone so that they might help me, I suddenly realized as I was sitting at my breakfast bar this morning drinking my coffee that all I'm trying to do is take my problem and make it someone else's problem. And uh, I'm going to talk about that in a, in a context of faith shortly. Um, but, you know, there's a saying that we have in our office uh, in a joking kind of way is we're saying, is this, a, is this a me problem or is this a we problem? Are you trying to make your problem my problem or would you like to fix your problem? And, and the reason that we talk like that is really because we're about helping each other, but we're not about um, stepping on top of each other or taking away the opportunity someone has to uh, to walk through, work through, and grow through the challenges that they're facing. So each one of us in this moment have got to choose what we're going to do when we're faced with our weakness. And in my case, what I'm saying is what I'm going to do when I'm faced with my selfishness. I was trying to superimpose my circumstances where it wasn't needed or you know, in the case of this product design that they're doing, it wasn't being designed to help someone like me. And uh, and so so my selfishness is about self promotion and self preservation, and I really discovered that you know, this morning I can't make that someone else's problem. What am I going to choose to do about that? 
well, ultimately, guys, you know, we've talked recently about faith. We've talked about going through um, dark seasons of the dark nights of the soul, as it were. And and in that, I've, I hope I've been promoting and presenting to you that um, this is all an opportunity for us to turn ourselves away. Uh, uh, turn our attention and our focus away from ourselves, in order that we will turn our attention back to to God, who is the Father of all of His creation. And in that moment, we would get ourselves connected with Him in a way where He would prove that He cares about us by the way He interacts with us. And you know, in a completely different context, I was just having a, a chat with. Um, Another person this week who's going through some hell in his world and his language, and we started talking just on uh, Monday this week, so five days ago, we started talking about how God might reveal himself through the the absolute horrific challenges that this guy's facing. And you know what today? Today he's actually saying, things have turned around. I've just been offered some work out of the blue that's rescuing me. My guys, uh, next week, he said, uh, I feel a lot more peaceful. I've put my burdens in a box, and that means I'm not carrying them. I'm feeling a lot more at peace, and I'm seeing a turnaround. Here's my point. When we become selfish and we think about ourselves as the highest priority, we actually diminish the space. So what's a better way to say that? We close the door in the face of God who wants to be our helper. Now, I'm not a fan of promoting God as the one who rescues us out of our stupid every time we need it, but I'm certainly not going to deny the reality that I see in Scripture from the first page to the last page when God turns up because he cares about his people. And so I want to just move a little bit further along my thinking, And and I sat there this morning in the face of this um, confrontation that I had where I realized I was being selfish, and I had to ask myself, am I willing to face my selfishness? What's driving my need to preserve myself? And then I said, is there any chance I'm not trusting God? And that, uh, that took me a while to walk through. So I'm wrestling with this, and I'm asking, what are the reasons that I don't trust God. What might be evidence in the face of this accusation? You know, we often laugh and say, you know, is there any evidence in the court of heaven that you would be proven to be a Christian or a believer of Jesus? Well, I would flip that in my circumstance this morning. I'm saying to myself, what's the evidence that would demonstrate that you're not trusting God? What are the reasons? And, and he, I've just written five things down, just five, would you believe that? Because I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, so many different areas of my life. I'm thinking about the people that I'm journeying with. Um, I'm thinking about the past. I'm thinking about the future. And so, you know, is, is there any chance I'm not trusting God? Well, you know, there's lots of reasons why we don't. And I'm just going to go through them, and then we might, and we might decide if, if that's a possibility. The first reason that we don't trust God, in my experience, is that God does not meet our expectations with regards to outcomes or timing. You know, if you've got someone you work with and and they let you down a couple of times in that they don't meet your expectations, then your trust in that person is naturally going to be diminished until they demonstrate to you that they can earn back that trust by 
meeting expectations or clarifying expectations and talking about them. So I'm not talking about uh, performance-based conditional love. I'm talking about when we have an expectation, whether it's right or wrong, when that expectation is not met, then trust is diminished. And so, you know, there's a there's plenty of stories in my life where I've um, I've been in prayer before the Lord, saying, "Hey, this didn't go the way I thought it would." God, where were you? And God says, "Well, I was right there, but I never ever promised you that it was going to happen the way you wanted it to." And in fact, I can see things you can't see, and my timing's better than your timing. And if you trust me then you'll let me work this out for your good in the way that I know will be better for you. And that's when I come back to a place of saying, well, God, I have to decide if I want to trust you when I, you don't do it the way I want you to do it. Because you know, to be selfish would be to say, God, do it my way, then I won't have to go through the pain that I'm experiencing. So uh, I'll, I'll just let that sit with you and see what you think. Number two for me, is the difficulty to let go of control. And so we often pray, Lord, would you help me? And then we get on and do the very thing we asked God to do. You know, it's, it's like, um, you know, in, in the house here, and I say to Kathy, she's, yeah, she's currently um, struggling with her um, health. And I'm saying, look, don't make the bed. I'll do it. Um, it's just a simple task, but it makes her huff and her puff and her breathing is, is challenged. And, and, and yet sometimes she comes out, you know, sound like a steam train. And I'm like, did you make the bed again? And she goes, oh, well, I just, you know, I need to see it done. And I'm like, well, if you wait till I'm, I'm in the, back in the bedroom and I'm showering and dressing, I'll see the bed and I'll make the bed. It won't be a problem. But, you know, that ability to let go of control often gives evidence that proves that we're not trusting of uh, someone. And in this case, I'm saying God. So, so put the bed making aside, you know, when God doesn't do things, we take control. And then that is really um, uh, our problem. But we've shut the door on God. And look, I know I, for a long time, I would say I was in control always. And uh, so there was is very much uh, uh, obvious that I wasn't trusting God. Uh, number three, the reason that we don't trust God is that we've experienced public failure, we've experienced significant loss, or we've experienced shame. And our reptilian brain says, I will not put myself in that position again. And, um, and that's, you know, that's really coming back to that idea of self-preservation. I want to preserve myself, which is the manifestation of selfishness, which is then the issue that shuts the door to allow God to move in our world. Number four, I was reading uh, uh, scripture, as I do, uh, for study and preparation, and I saw patterns that were time and time again um, the people of God would replace God with idols. Now, we don't put up a shrine or put up an Asherah pole. We don't put up a, a wooden statue and bow down to worship it. But we could replace God with the idol of luxury or the idol of Netflix or the idol of sin or the idol of relationship. And and this is often done for self-gratification. It's often done for pleasure. It's often done because we want to 
feel good about ourselves, and if God feels absent, we replace him by making ourselves feel good, and that is selfish. Remember, we're trying to avoid self-initiative. We're trying to put aside selfishness. And, and so when we replace God with idols, we are truly seeking our need above anything else, and that's selfish. And lastly, in this list, number five, for there any reason we don't trust God, um, uh, whilst we've been delivered from Egypt, there's still Egypt inside of us. You know, there's, uh, there's that analogy where God took Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years in the desert to get Egypt out of Israel. And, and, and the mindset is that Israel were programmed over 400 years in Egypt to be slaves. They worked uh, long, long days, seven days a week. They were given food, but that was it. And they had nothing to claim as their own, making bricks for the Pharaoh to establish his kingdom. And yet when God set them free miraculously with uh, you know, the 10 magnificent, miraculous signs that got them out of Egypt, he delivered them through the waters of Baptism being the Red Sea, uh, they still were slaves. They still were slaves. And, and I think sometimes we don't embrace the royalty of our salvation and we cling to the slavery of our past because it's what we know and, and, and sometimes we don't need to make ourselves vulnerable. And I think that's a form of selfishness. When you won't make yourself vulnerable before God or others, you're being selfish by holding back who you are and exposing yourself to someone else. And that, that works in relationships with other people uh, and your loved ones, but it also works in your relationship with God. Because if you don't expose yourself in vulnerability before God and trust him, then you're, you're being selfish in, in what you're experiencing. So all of these things I'm sharing, just wondering, uh, is there any chance that you're not trusting God? Like, this is what I'm working through. This is what I'm trying to face. We're understanding why I try to preserve myself in selfishness. And, and so I wonder if that's the same for you. So as I, as I close this, I really wanted to just share with you what I came to this morning in my musing and pondering as I spent time having a coffee with the Lord, as I love to do. And I found the single key is this. Love other people as Christ is loving you. And that puts aside, it forces you to put aside selfishness. And, and so for me, what I'm saying is, how do I get down low in order to lift others up, to serve others? And as I do that, I take my focus and my attention off myself, because isn't that what Christ did? You know, Philippians 2, it says, Christ put aside all his divinity and, and everything else, seeking to serve us, uh, even to the point of death on a, on a cross. And Jesus is the best example of this. You know, I've got some scriptures here. I just want to give you these scriptures because I want you to understand that scripture underpins the way that we should live in order to experience a lack of selfishness or a diminishing selfishness. John chapter 15, verse 13, in, in the garden, Jesus is talking to his friends and he said, I'm loving you in the same way the Father's loved me. And then he says this, he says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. In a context of marriage, 
we have the um, the example in Ephesians chapter five when you know Paul is writing and he's saying, "Wives, you got to submit to your husbands," and and they were like, "Woohoo!" All the boys say, "Amen." But then he says, "And husbands, you should." Love your wife as Christ loved the church. In doing so, he laid down his life to the point of death for the church. And so, husbands, that means that we should um, lay down our lives for others. And, and so there's this idea here that we just need to understand more about what God is saying to us uh, with this principle of, um, of being unselfish. And finally, at the beginning of that passage, I was reading it just before as I was um, preparing some things. And, and Paul, again, in Ephesians chapter 5, right at the beginning of the chapter, he says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And so... I'm reminding myself here that the way to put aside selfishness is to put to death, literally, the flesh and the need of the flesh. And I'm finding the way that I do that is to find ways to serve others in love, to give myself unto another in a way that meets their need, not my need, put their need before my need, and that way we can put to death the selfishness that is plaguing us. Um, I would just want to finish by saying this is not easy. Um, this is challenging. Um, what I'm trying to confess here, I suppose, is just the, the regular need we have to sit and spend time with the Lord and ask him to reveal these things. Uh, am I willing to face those things that God reveals? And in that, am I willing to trust God to allow him to work with um, the weakness of my flesh that plagues me in order to become more like Jesus? And, and lastly, I would just say this. Um, in the midst of these situations, I always find it really helpful to ask Jesus to reveal himself. You know, so I'm, I'm facing selfishness today and I'm saying, Jesus, would you also come and reveal yourself in the midst of this situation? And I find, a, I find myself just remembering how close Jesus is to me, uh, that whilst I might look ugly in the face of, ugly, in, in the face of selfishness, um, Jesus loves me in that, and he washes me in that. And you know, So just right now, um, I don't want you to feel any condemnation. I'm just uh, rebuking any self-condemnation that is coming upon people right now. Uh, condemnation is not the work of God. It's the work of the enemy. He's trying to lock you into shame. He's trying to lock you into a dark corner. And I just rebuke um, self-condemnation that would come upon any person listening right now. And I would say to you, if you're feeling shameful, turn, turn right now, turn your face towards Jesus and Jesus will smile upon you. He will love you and he will wash you. He will wash you of the dirty shame that the devil's trying to clothe you with. And he will release you to receive his forgiveness. He will love you and he will lead you into a life of purity. So God bless you uh, as you do that. I'm receiving that for myself right now. I'm walking in the righteousness of Christ into my day. I think I'm going to go and make some lunch now because I'm feeling quite hungry. Well, God bless you. Uh, thanks for joining Coffee with Phil today. Uh, look forward to catching time with you next time on the episode. Don't forget. 
to share, subscribe, and enjoy Coffee with Phil. Take care.